It's showtime. Hey there, ho there, how do you do? It is I, old Kenny Singh, how do you? How are you? I hope all is well, and let me be, well, I don't know, the first and only, I guess, person to welcome you to the brand new, retooled, restyled, and relaunched Kenny Ho Show, now way the hell more Asian, like at least four times more Asian. K.O. Kenny Ho Show times four. One morning I woke up and decided I needed to do something. I was seeing way too much nonsense, way too much bullshit, way too much anti-Asian sentiment going on, even in my own backyard, even in Canada, a place that's supposed to be filled with smart, intelligent, nice, we're always known as nice people doing dumb really heinous shit like punching an old lady in the face or throwing an old 90-something-year-old man on his ass just for entering the store because for no other reason because he's Asian. So I felt like I needed to do something and I really didn't know what to do. I suppose I could have gone all Punisher on their ass and like go out there and look for troublemakers and fight them or something but but I don't know. I feel like me getting my ass kicked, if not worse, really isn't the solution and not the thing I needed to do. And so, I don't know, in a, in a small way, I guess, I'm just trying to do something to, I don't represent Asian people, I don't know, like, maybe just put my hand up and be like, hey, I'm Asian. I'm not gonna run and hide. We're not gonna run and hide. I will not live in fear. We will not live in fear. So back off, jackass. There's a lot of us, and you can't punch out all of us. And even though I know damn well my little show here, never ever gonna change the world. And me embracing my Asian heritage, not gonna change the world. But I feel like it's something I needed to do. It's scary, don't get me wrong. Picking more Asian aesthetics, creating a brand new Asian theme song, And believe me, I'm going to be loading up this show with Asian-centric content. It could absolutely make me a target. And that's scary, but I felt like I needed to do something, and I guess this is all I can do, at least all I figured I can do. So as scary as it is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell the world I'm Chinese. I love it, whether you like me or not. And I've lived through a lifetime of people treating me I'll just say not so well because I'm Chinese, but I can't change that. And I would never change that. There's definitely a time in my life where I did not embrace being Asian. To say the least, I would say there was times... I wouldn't be surprised if I you know, had a level of shame and being ashamed of it. I mean, to the degree that I was whitewashed, I would not rule that out at all. But there was definitely a time in my life, and I know for a fact, that I looked at myself 
as more than Asian, I guess better than Asian. And it's about time I knocked that bullshit off. Now, it was never as bad as there was one guy. I told the story before. There's one guy in theater school. It wasn't in my class. I think he was in the grade above me or two grades above me or something. But he was a Filipino guy. But he saw himself as a white guy. Legit saw himself as a white guy. And how do I know this is because... And you know, actors are gossipy pieces of shit, so never trust one. But the moment lunchtime hit, like everybody knew that this guy, for whatever reason, he and his buddies were having a conversation and it came up and he referred to himself as a white guy. And everybody immediately turned on him. Again, actors are untrustworthy, disloyal sons of bitches, so never trust one. But they all turned on him. They're like, you're not white. He's like, what? They're like, yeah, what are you talking about? You're not white. You're Asian. And he it, and it got real quiet. And then like an hour later, I think he was still distraught about it. He turned around to these same people like an hour later. And he's like, were you guys just joking? Like, am I, am I, do I really look Asian? They're like, yeah. This guy was a self-hating, self-loathing Asian. Or more Hapa, right? I guess awesome Asians and Hapas. Hapas being like, part Asians, half Asians, mixed descendants or whatever. And I guess that's what Filipino is. Those dirty Spaniards defiled their women and created these guys here. But I was never self-loathing like that guy. I mean, I'm self-loathing in other ways and dwarf him in the amount of self-loathe I have for myself, but not in that particular way. I never was like, I'm not Asian. What are you talking about? I look in this mirror and that's Tom Welling in there. And I look like a young Tom Welling. I just didn't always embrace that I was Asian, but certainly took a huge step towards doing so when I got an audition in my third year of theater school for some Broadway or off-Broadway production of Bruce Lee the Musical. And even though I didn't get the part, like, wasn't even close, there was no callback, nothing. It was disgusting. It was, it was one of those cattle calls where it was just like, A hundred Asian dudes, everybody, you know, with the sunglasses, trying to dress up like Bruce Lee, trying to, you know, comb their hair like Bruce Lee. But even though I didn't get the part, didn't really take anything away from the the experience itself, other than I hate cattle calls. But what I did take away from it came from the prep I did for that. Because even though it was a really busy time, it was like towards the end of theater school. So we had a major production in the works and one that we were taking to a festival, a nationwide festival. So we're all busy. But instead of having like a bar orgy, which is true story, some of uh, my classmates did that shit. Instead of doing that, I decided just have some quiet nights in, watch some Bruce Lee movies. And this was the first time I had watched all of his movies consecutively, back to back. Now, I'm sure I've watched at least bits and pieces of each one sparsely over the years because my dad's a very, very proud uh, Chinese man. He's not so much proud of me, but I don't blame him. I've, I've given him nothing to work with. But he definitely showed me those movies, but this was the first time that I got to watch them all together. I bought the DVD box set, bought Enter the Dragon separately because I guess that's like a different studio or whatever. And I watched them all and just falling in love, not with the man, I'm not gay. I'm Chinese, we really frown upon that type of shit. 15 wives, baby, that's what it's about. But just absolutely fell in love with uh, his ability, his, his philosophy. And I also bought all his books too, like I went crazy. 
And I remember finishing out that year with this huge sense of Asian pride, one that hasn't necessarily left me, but certainly hasn't, hasn't really gained traction since then, up until this pandemic, where all the horse shit, all the facade, where all the lip service went away, where it was time everybody had to put their money where their mouth was and nobody did it. I'm sure you've met them, especially if you live in a big city. You have run into these hipster douchebag white guys who think they're so cultured, who think they're so inclusive and behave accordingly. They're like, oh, you know, I go for my pho every every Sunday with my boyfriend. I love the Asian people. And the second news of COVID-19 was rampant in China and on its way to Canada. They're all like... Screw those slanty-eyed sons of bitches, filthy dishwashing, dry-cleaning mongrels. I'm going to stop eating my fowl. I said, buddy, you know pho is Vietnamese, not Chinese, right? And, like, there are tons of those types of restaurants all over white neighborhoods. I think you're cool to keep going. I'm not taking a chance. They're all the same. You oriental liar. Go smoke your hash. Ah, yes. An opium den insult. I haven't... I haven't heard one of those before. And even though I understand what the celebrities were doing, I guess they're catching wind of this type of behavior where people were like hunkering down and it's my race against your race. And they're, no, 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 please, please. Let us do a one world concert. Let's just show everybody that we love each other. So here's a 15 minute ballad. It's called One Hertz. I would not be surprised if Hertz were a part of that shit show. And I mean shit show. I should call it a shitty show. That was horrible. It was so depressing. Everybody was just Skyping in their performance. I'm like, oh my goodness. Is this the future of media? <laughs> and for like three months, it was. But it's stuff like that. That, you know, was well-intentioned. But my goodness, none of it worked. Because I don't know about you, but I'm at least 34% more racist than I was before any of this. As you know, I've always known about the, I'm calling the shots, the Shooter McGavin white man privilege. And I've also known about black man privilege with white women. Granted, uh, a hefty amount of them are BBWs, which is, in many cases, just BWs. That stands for beluga whale, right? And of course, I've known about, you know, Arabs and their penchant for terror, and the natives, you know, granted they paid a very, very hefty price in the past, but their descendants have you know, kind of benefited from it. They have a kind of privilege, you know, the, the type where you're not paying taxes and working if you don't want to and, and get a sweet old free booze check from the Trudeau government each and every month. And of course, Mexicans being fat, lazy, and drunk. Have I offended every group now? All right, my job is complete. But even though I knew all of these things in the past, I didn't really care. I just found them funny. I'll just use it as material for my podcast. But then COVID-19 hits, and you have these greasy white guys punching little old Asian ladies in the street. And I'm like, okay, now it's personal. Now it's what the kids would call a beef ting. Because I'm telling you, I'm not good at stuff in life. I'm not good at really anything in life. Except for racism. Scary, unbelievable, horrifying amounts of racism. Now, I don't want to make this show a hate fest. 
but consider me a last resort. If things get really bad and we need to fight fire with fire, I will give you the words to use against them, and they will rue the day. But again, I don't want to make this a hate fest, because that's not my intention at all. Because in this climate, in this political climate, there's no way in hell one will ever have a successful podcast if it is just a hate fest. And that's not my interest. That's not me as a person. I don't like people, don't get me wrong. But I want to be at peace. I am not sitting around looking for trouble, looking for issues where I feel like there's tons of people in this world who live like that. I live with one. My mom's kind of like that. I'm like, lady, what the hell? There's no, there's nothing to be upset about. Why don't you just calm down? We have a roof over our head and three square on the table. I just feel like there's a lot of beauty in one way or another in Chinese culture and in Asian culture, not just Chinese. Because even though I think Vietnamese as a language is gross as shit, I mean, how do you take a language that's influenced by something as beautiful as French? En français. Ah, oui, oui, bonjour. Comment t'appelles-tu? Comment ça va? Huh? Ça va mal, ça va mal, ça va mal, les creepers. How do you take something cool like French and turn it into... What? Oh, now, even though their language is jarring, some of their women are beautiful, some of their women are gorgeous, and they've got a nice sense of fashion, and their cuisine is exquisite, as some of these, you know, hipster douchebags will tell you. And Thailand, Muay Thai, that's, that brought us on back. That's the coolest martial arts I've ever seen. And their women are beautiful. But careful, you don't always know that that's actually a woman. Let's just say they're genitalia craftsmanship their faux genitalia craftsmanship is second to none oh and before i forget because i was about to talk about music like some of those instruments are so beautiful like the flute probably a chinese thing but either way we did it justice even if we didn't invent it we certainly took it to the next level and i wanted to thank my good buddy the doc brian ellerby that son of a gun has done it again. He did up a new theme song, if you didn't notice. It's a it's very Asian. It's a, a very Chinese-inspired, Chinese-esque theme song composed and performed by a white man whose musical talents are beyond what I even thought. I always knew he was good. I think there was a time in his life over the past few years, and it's been a tough few years for all of us because... You know, uh, he and I met in radio school, and I'm sure he went in just like I did, thinking, or at least the plan was, to walk away working in the industry, making a good living. And we didn't do that. And quite frankly, we both have done jack shit really in the past few years. There was a solid year or two where we met up every single day and played GTA for like 10 hours together. So I think... Much like myself, there was a time when we just weren't very productive, weren't living up to our potential, and he wasn't producing a whole lot of music and certainly wasn't producing the caliber that he just produced out of thin air. Like I booked a music session with him online, met up on Skype, and I had mentioned to him, hi, Brian, I want to do it. I'd like an Asian theme. Do you think you'd do something like that? He's like, yeah, sure thing. And when we met up, I was like, oh, yeah, I would like a flute. Do you have that? Can you do that for me? He's like, yeah, sure thing. And also, there's this thing. He's like, I don't know what it's called, but it's uh, but it's in a lot of uh, Chinese music. 
And then he looks up the instrument. He's like, oh, I think this is what it's called. And then he just starts playing. And it sounded more or less like that first like dry run. And I just sat there. I'm like, bro, did you just come up with that just now? Like, did you just come up with that on the top of your head? He's like, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, bro. Like, are you... This guy is a borderline musical prodigy. If not a straight up musical prodigy. I don't know what the the criteria where the cutoff is, but he's close if not there. So if you need music for your podcasts, for your music albums, for whatever, I'm sure he has a Twitter or, or Instagram or something. Look him up, Brian Ellerby, or send me a message. I'll get you in touch. I'm sure he'll do a Kenny Ho Show Friends discount. But he's a perfect example why racism, like legitimate racism, not like, you know, jokey racism, is complete and utter nonsense. So basically, what's going on out in the real world right now, it's all complete and utter nonsense. Because Brian's white, he's one of the whitest people I know. Former army and everything. But he gets it. He's open to other cultures. He's open to all kinds of different people. While maintaining his core values and his interests and his culture. Because I make a lot of black jokes on this show. But I thought about it some more. I'm like, wait a minute. Half my friends are black. And they get it too. They they also do black jokes. Because there's all kinds. You cannot paint an entire race of people by one brush. There's nature and there's nurture. A lot of it is nurture. These people are... Any race, you know, any culture, what they're stereotypically known for, they don't have to be that way. If it's not something like a physical or genetic thing, if it's a personality thing, you know, their values and stuff, they're taught that. They're not born with that. Unless you believe in Assassin's Creed or all that shit's just in you for the animus to pull out. So never mind even that... There's a very good chance the next Chinese person you meet doesn't have coronavirus. I mean, unless you live in the States, because everybody's got it down there now. But certainly in Canada, the next person you meet who's Chinese probably doesn't have coronavirus. And I treat him like he does strictly because he's Chinese is nonsense. And you deserve the punch in the face, white guy. And you know it's a white guy. Because brothers are too busy right now fighting for their lives, literally, with the Black Lives Matter movement. They're not going around punching Asian people in the face. They ain't got time for xenophobia. They got real problems to deal with. And you know it's not the Mexicans or the indigenous people because they're too drunk to be doing shit like that. And again, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. It's not all white people. I know Brian's not doing it. He's too busy composing music and slaying ass. And that's ditto for all of my white friends. Uh, other than the composing, but they're slaying ass. They're like, hmm, am I going to go out there and punch an Asian guy who's definitely not related to this coronavirus? Or am I going to bed my hot girlfriend? But let's get to it. This one's going to be a long one because I'm like, what am I going to talk about? I spent a lot of time doing up a, a new logo, a new, you know, aesthetic part of the show and uh brian definitely i mean he spent five minutes in composing the idea initially but he definitely put a lot of time in like perfecting it and cleaning it up it that's what you heard is actually way shorter than the uh, initial the actual song it's just after playing it back i'm like that's gonna be i don't i don't mean to waste his time i hope i didn't do that but this will be way too long as a as a podcast intro so i chopped that song in half But time was put into, you know, changing the brand of the show. But I've definitely been thinking 
what the hell do I talk about on this brand new relaunch? I spent, looking down at the clock right now, it sounds like I spent half an hour doing a big intro. So this one's going to be a long one. This one might be a, a 45er to an hour long, depending on how much stuff that gets left on the cutting room floor. Problem is, I didn't, I didn't drop too many like obscenely racist or sexist jokes where I'm like, hmm, maybe even my audience is uh, going to think this is too much. Let me just take that out. So it might be legit a three-hour episode 300 type of show. We'll see. I doubt it. I doubt it. There's a lot I wanted to talk about. I doubt I'll get to all of it, but that's great because this isn't a movie. It's not a one-shot every two, three years. This is the Kenny Ho Show. This is a weekly, uh, well, bi-weekly this is bare minimum a monthly show, depending on how much video games I get in. And oh boy, have I gotten a lot of video games in this week. A lot, a lot of Dragon Ball. I bought all the Dragon Ball games that are out on the market right now and played the hell out of all of them. And maybe I'll talk about that this episode, but I'll certainly talk about it at some other point. But what I did want to talk about was, like, what have you been doing during this quarantine, if you're still in quarantine? I know none of my fans are stupid hillbillies, so I know you're not out there going to the beach with uh, like 50,000 other people. And even if you are outside, I know you're wearing a mask. And if you're not, you, you need to tune out because this ain't the show for you. I will be making fun of those types of people relentlessly. In fact, let me take a moment to construct something right now. What do you call a dirty redneck hillbilly Karen who refuses to wear a mask? There's no joke. That's just the type of person that does that type of shit. Bite me, you osteoporosis flipping bitch. But back on point, what do you do during quarantine? Or what have you done during quarantine? Watch a shitload of TV shows and movies, right? And I've done the same thing. I've played a shitload of video games, tried to be productive, gotten in a few workouts here and there. Because, man, I shaved recently, and holy crap, facial hair makes me look like 20 pounds less heavy. I got rid of it. I'm like, oh my goodness, who replaced this mirror with a poster of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man? Yeah, it was rough. I'm like, oh, I better, I better get some greens in my diet and like lift a dumbbell or something. But then I found out my brother has Crunchyroll, so I've been watching Dragon Ball Super on there. I mean, I'm going to talk about Dragon Ball at some point. There should, there, let's say next episode is going to be like all Dragon Ball all day long. Now that it's now that the Kenny Ho show is more Asian, you better believe I'm going to be talking about Asian shit more and more. Unless a white girl shows me her breasticles, then oh my goodness, this is going to be a two and a half hour in-depth detail retelling of how it happened and how I tried to turn them into a pillow and take a nap on it. But yes, I've been watching a lot of TV and Asian TVB series for the most part. One ATV series going on right now, but I found some YouTube channel where you can stream old uh, TVB series. And my Google Chromecast has been working overtime because my daddy, he gets very, very obsessive about watching TV shows. He could watch a series if we allowed him to. He could watch a series per day, like a 20 episode series. He'll he'll kill it in one day. He's a man who believes sleep is for the weak. But because it is usually 20 or more episodes, uh, we, we knock out like a series every two or three days. And I don't understand. Like I think back, like I'm a mess. So lots of things I do doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I look back 
And I remember there was an assignment. Now I understand in hindsight why that assignment was given because it was kind of like a a low-key way of saying, hey, most of you aren't going to be traditional actors, i.e., you know, the working type. Uh, So uh, what would you do to further your education and careers as actors after this is done. That, that's the assignment. Go do some research. And I don't know what the other people were doing because uh, I don't give a shit about like 99% of them. I'm sure a few of them were like, well, there's this thing called pornography. I'm a big hoe bag myself, so I might as well just uh, get into that. Seems like uh, I'd enjoy it and I'd get paid. But me, being the only person of color in that program, looked up a realistic alternative that in hindsight, I kick myself about it all the time. It was the Hong Kong TVB Television Academy. I don't know if it costs money. I think they actually pay you if you go there. It's like a job. But it's basically how they recruit new talent. You go through their training program. Which has to be like shit, right? Like There's there's some poor actors that have come out of that program. That are strictly there because they're pretty good looking. And why I can say that with confidence is because legit, the only criteria was that you're, of course, of Chinese descent. Check. You stand at least five foot eight. I'm five ten, five eleven. You put me in the right pair of shoes. I'm six feet tall. What up? Check, check, check. And then they're like, and you cannot wear glasses, whether that's natural or LASIK surgery. We don't care. I still don't wear glasses to this day, but I, I figure I've got a couple more years and then things are going to go sideways as I approach my mid-30s and then, before you know it, 40s and then, well, hopefully I'll be hanging out with uh, the good Lord above or Buddha as well. Because now that I'm more Asian, Buddha's like, ah, come on, hang out, let's hang out. And then he reads my track record. He's like, oh, no, no, you're set for downstairs. Yeah, Lucy's a cool guy. I guess, uh, don't take the, 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 the pitchfork up the butt too personally. He's all right. I kick myself to this day because I'm, why didn't I just go? I mean, I, th- I had, f- I mean, technically I had family there. I'm not close to them, but whatever. Like if, if I just needed to crash there for like a month before I can get my own place, I'm sure that could have happened. But I remember just being like laughing, being like, ah, this is not really an option for me. I'm, I'm too good for this. And don't you hate young Kenny? Young Kenny was a handsome, overly confident tyrant. He was a tyrant. He was a kind hearted tyrant. God ram it. Buddha, damn it. I remember being like, I'm too good for this. This is what is this shit? Like, you just have to be good looking. I'm not doing that TVB series. Come on, I'm meant for bigger, better things. And now I'm here doing a podcast. Like, I look back, I'm like, why the hell wouldn't I do those series? I love some of those series. And some of those series have actually influenced, like, the way I dress, you know, like my artistic and aesthetic interests. And most importantly, there are some really, really sexy girls in TVB. And that's been the case for a very, very long time. Not like so much in the 80s. Like there are some real hogs in the 80s. I'm like, ooh, the bar was real low. And you don't even fit this character. This character is supposed to be like a fair maiden. You look like the fair maiden's janitor. Like you look like... One of these people, one of these lepers who, you know, poured out the poop buckets at the end of the night. The Ye Hung lady. 
But once it got into the 90s, my goodness, I think something happened. Something something got in the water. Something got into the, that delicious rice patty. Because I was watching, it was on uh, Fairchild the other day. Well, for like the past like two months it's been on. Um, the Edge of Righteousness, which is a really well acted. It's like crazy. But like that's a naturally charismatic. I don't really know his. I don't know his name, but Dicky Chung is one of the guys on there who does a really good job. It's like I can't even explain it. It's 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 definitely like over the top acting, but not to the point where where it's like hamming it up. It's just like a really intense character. Like I could see Christian Bale playing a part on that show. But also on that show is a young lady by the name of Athena Chu, Chu Yan, who is. Well, I mean, she's a little older now, so uh, I, I look. Believe me, I looked her up. She's still all right, man. She's still hey, like in her fifties. If I'm with a woman that hot in my fifties, I, I I did something well. I I managed to sell out, is what I'm saying. So I'm not holding my breath, is what I'm also saying. But in that show, she was like probably twenty years old, and my goodness. She stole the show every single time she was on screen, not because she did anything, but she was just good looking. I'm like, I'm not hearing what anyone else is saying. You want to take your top off, girl? But of course she didn't. But had I gone to TVB, I mean, she would have probably been like a solid 10, 15 years older than me at that point. And like like a superstar. I mean, if I show up in 2009, she's like, kid, I, I've been like acting since I was, since like 91, 92. I am a superstar. I'm not taking my top off for you. I'm like, oh, well, that's a shame. I came all the way from Canada. She, I won't, but this other like bimbo actress, well, I'm like, thank you. I'm glad Hong Kong hospitality is exactly what I heard about. And even if I was in some of the dud uh, series, which there were, oh my goodness. Like, I talk up TVB so much compared, but that's like in comparison to ATV, the rival, which, my goodness, as far as I could tell, I don't know their stuff as well, but it, as far as I could tell, whereas TVB was like mostly all right to good, uh, good, good series, at least one good series every single year. You know, definitely some dud bullshit ones where they're like, well, we have all these actors and all these writers on, on staff, on uh, on the payroll. Let's put them to good use. What do you have for me, C-list writer? Well, we want to do something cutesy with a lot of CGI, but it's like lame and cheesy. Yeah, whatever, do it. We got to fill the seven o'clock hole somehow. But that just seemed like the name of the game in ATV. It seemed like... Their yearly output of bullshit dramas was quite high. Their shit dramas were intermittently interrupted with a good one every, oh, I don't know, like three or four years. Like just before they shut down, I watched a few of their series. I'm like, this is just complete and utter garbage. Like, I know what you're going for. You're trying to go for the biggest sob fest. You're, you're trying to make something that's so sad. But it was just repulsive. There was like a couple series there. It was just complete repulsive bullshit. Whereas TVB, they have put up some really quality dramas. I mean, the one trope they, they've bought into and like it makes me sick how many times they use this is always the flipping two romantic interests always meet and hate each other first and then become lovers. Has that ever happened to you or anyone you know? Like, I mean, I look at my parents, I'm like, uh, they seem like they're enemies, or at least, like, my dad's the enemy of my mother, and he's, he's like, pretty indifferent, he just takes it. 
But I have never, ever met a girl where I'm like, I freaking hate this bitch and then end up falling in love with her. Don't get me wrong. There's been girls who have been hot bitches who, but right off the bat, I'm like, yeah, I would give her the hibbity-dibbity-doo and then move the hell on. But I have never been like, I think you're a bitch. You would be a good mother to my child. Mostly because I have no interest in a child, but you think I'm going to like go to bed each and every morning with a woman who I distrust and have a good night's sleep? She may murder me in the middle of the night. And if I'm somehow studly enough where I'm like nailing a really fine broad, I got stuff to live for. It really is a double-edged sword. Put me out of my misery. I got nothing to live for. Oh, I'm nailing a hot broad, but she's a real bitch. But if you put me out of my misery, I'll never stand a chance at getting a hot, nice girl. But unfortunately, since ATV went out of business, and I guess because TVB is uh, relies strictly, it's a free channel and relies strictly on ad revenue, and who the hell is watching TV anymore now with the advent of online and streaming... So they're losing a lot of money. They had to like fire a shitload of uh, like production staff not that long ago. I think a few months ago to save money. So they definitely don't have the top talent of uh, behind or in front of the camera anymore. And it shows, man. Those the new series like nine. Of, they're like ATV now. They've got even though the production values are amazing, they've got like the best cameras and they have special effects and all that stuff. And, you know, they know how to dress up the actors, you know, get their faces painted right and their hair combed and quaffed just right. But the substance is not there. That There is some shitty, shitty content. Like, I would say 9 out of 10 of the, the new series are borderline unwatchable. Like my parents watch that stuff religiously because I guess they don't know better. They don't have... They're blissfully ignorant about how good storytelling should take place and... uh but I can't deal with it. I, I sit with them sometimes. I'm like, I can't deal with this shit. That's a huge plot hole. That's bad writing. Oh, these two hate each other? They're definitely going to bone by the before uh, the credits roll. But even some of the old uh, series that I'm like, that's pretty damn good. Like, that's really great. That is, that's entertainment. That's meaningful. It stirs some emotions in me, which takes a lot at this point. Because I'm dead on the inside. But even those ones aren't perfect. But part of why I kicked myself in the ass is like, I could have helped make Hong Kong television potentially better. Because there's some moves like, there's a string of series, including the right Edge of Righteousness, where the very first episode, the very first thing they show is the ending of the show. I'm like, well, you just took away all your stakes. I know you think you're being clever. You're showing the ending first and then playing it all back, seeing how they all ended up at that moment. But everything you do along the way now... That involves these people that I know make it. You're just wasting time. Like at one point on the edge of righteousness, Dickie Jung's character, they put a gun to his head. I'm like, well, I know they're not going to fire. Like his two girlfriends are going crazy because they think he might get shot. But I'm like, don't worry, calm down, ladies. Nothing's going to happen to him or you two. By the way, you guys make it to the end. So even though I'm not like a great writer or a great anything... Other than, you know, being a great loser. One of the great losers of our era, unfortunately. But uh, but I know entertainment well enough. Maybe not podcasting, because I look at the numbers. I'm like, I clearly don't know how to connect with an audience, I guess. 
I don't know how to bring them in for the podcast, but I've definitely done like things in theater school and um, written ads and shit in radio school where where when I do it, it turns out really well. I've had other people try to do my scripts and stuff. I'm like, you don't, that's not what I had in mind at all. You small-minded white man. How dare you do injustice to old Kenny's script? And I legit had one time where I was sitting with a couple of guys trying to come up with some ads for radio and I wrote something and I showed it to one of the other guys and then I performed it and he's like, Kenny, I don't know how that worked. He's like, that's, that came out, that turned out really well. And when you showed me the script, I, I didn't think it would, I thought, I thought it would suck. And then I also said, listen, you small minded white man. Why don't you go pillage a village or something? And you let the creative juices of old Kenny take over this operation. So I feel like I could have gone back to Hong Kong and be like, you know how all this resource and the talent you have here? Let's put it to even better use. Let me see the script uh, from your top writer. Oh, so uh, we got to throw this out because he spoils the ending right here on page one. That's a no-no. Now, let me just flip to page three here. Yeah, that's right. The first time the two main lovers meet, they're actually enemies. We're going to scratch that right out. We're going to do something more real like, oh, there's a hot, beautiful girl that comes on screen. The guy, guess what? Guess what? This is a novel approach. He doesn't hate her guts. He instantly falls in love with her and tries to pursue her and woo her. And then take her home and do her. But because she's a classy Chinese girl and not a floozy white hoe bag, she says, no, sir, I politely decline your sleazy offer. And then over the course of the 20 episodes, he proves to her that he's not a sleaze bag. He's just a human being who the good Lord instilled with the want to, you know, link up both emotionally and physically with his Winky, of course, and create something that is both half him and her. In my case, if I'm getting an Athena G type of girl, it better be mostly her and a little bit me. At least if she's a girl. I mean, if, if my son is effeminate like me and... Looks like her, that's, that's, well, this is why I should not reproduce, churning out yet another loser. I'm looking down at the clock. It's over an hour long. I think I need to take a break. I'm going to take a break, and then we're going to do two episodes today. You'll probably hear them five weeks apart. No, that's the old Kenny. That's the white guy Kenny. That's the whitewashed Kenny. That's the Kenny who's like, I'll eat a burger over a delicious Peking duck any day of the week type of jabroni. No, no. We're going to do a second episode today and you're going to hear it within the next week because I am not weak. I am strong-minded. The celestial powers of my ancestor will guide me to doing a better show more often. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you, if you're new to the to the show, for taking a shot on old Kenny, on listening to the old Kenny Ho show. You won't regret it. Because if for nothing else, you'll be like, man, compared to this guy, I'm doing really well in life. And though your wife might be kind of ugly, 
and kind of a bitch. At least you won't be dying alone. I don't envy you. I, what I just described sounds like a really horrible life. <laughs> I'd, r- I'd much rather die alone. You know, you know, tune in here and there and uh, help you and take your mind off of your less than ideal wife. All right, until next time. Oh, I should come up with some kind of new sign-off, right? Oh, boy, I should have given this some thought before I got on mic. Oh, boy. Let's do something Bruce Lee. Hmm. Oh, that'd be great if I had his book in front of me right now and I just quote him. That'd sound both smart and professional. (laughs) Oh, boy. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. I know naps are really good for me. So I plan on applying that knowledge. I'm willing to take a nap for the betterment of my body. Nay, not just willing. I will do. You've been listening to the brand new relaunch, the retooled, restyled, reimagined old Kenny Ho show. Now like five million times more Asian. I hope you've had a good time. I've had a good time, but now I'm all tuckered out. So now it's nap time. Toodles.